Welcome to Commuter Highlights from First Church Belfast. Here we've distilled our normal Sunday service into a call to worship, a prayer, two readings, a sermon and an organ outro for you to listen to on your way to work, out on a walk or wherever. If you feel so inclined, you can support our work by going to firstchurchbelfast.org and clicking on the donate button. We really would appreciate it. Here is this week's Commuter Highlights from First Church, Belfast. Um, it is now time for our first reading. Um, yes. This morning I'm going to read from Revelations of St. John 21, verses 1 to 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. God will dwell with them. They will be God's peoples, and God will be with them. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Our second reading is from the third chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, starting at verse 13 and ending at 17. Uh, We've just had uh, the Nativity story. The Holy Family have come back from um, Egypt and we've been introduced to the character of John the Baptist. And the scene that we're um, reflecting on today is the baptism of Jesus at the outset of his ministry. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. May God add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Amen. I had something else written for today. Uh, The second reading uh, was supposed to be from the last chapter of Joshua, Joshua 24, uh, focused primarily on that famous verse, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It was, if I do say so myself, pretty good. It was well researched, it was well written, it was well rehearsed, um, at least according to my ability it was. Um, It was about the right length for a sermon, about 15 to 20 minutes. 
and it appealed to our non-subscribing Presbyterian tradition. It had a challenge in it, and it had um, an answer, or at least something going towards an answer to the question on our lips, how do we keep our doors open for another generation. But you're not going to hear it today, and more likely than not, your missus, your mercy. So what happened? Well, on Saturday, yesterday, um, I decided to start practicing scripture memorization in, in a more intentional way. It's something that I wanted to be doing on a more regular basis um, for a while, but wasn't really sure where to start and could never really fix on one place or the other. So yesterday I just decided um, that I would begin working through the direct speech of Jesus um, in the Gospels. Uh, you might have seen red letter Bibles, um, they're the ones that put the words of Jesus in red. Generally speaking, um, I'm not really a fan of red letter Bibles, I don't really like how it looks, um, and the words in black are important too. But this little pocket New Testament that I have um, is a red letter Bible, and I thought I would put that to work um, yesterday. And so I did. And yesterday's verse was from Matthew chapter 3 and verse 15. The first spoken words of Jesus in the New Testament, at least in its conventional order. Let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Context for this verse, as we've just heard, is the baptism of Jesus. We read that Jesus came to John to be baptized and that John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? It is to this that Jesus replies, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Following this, Jesus is indeed baptized. The Holy Spirit descends upon him, and the Father speaks his approval. And this sets the scene for the next episode, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness from the devil. So I read the verse, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Ten times or so, and then I went off for a walk um, down the Porsche Promenade, which is where we were uh, last week, and um, reciting the verse over and over again uh, for memory and checking the text whenever I needed it. And I even came up with a little tune which I sung myself, which is just for me, so I will spare that uh, from you today as well. One of the great things about scripture memorization is that by memorizing a single verse, it helps you recall in a more general way what happens in the scene that the verse was taken from. And so while I was singing, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness, my mind would go back not only to Christ's baptism, but the ministry that that baptism preceded, as well as my own baptism, and the share in Christ's ministry that I and all baptized people have entrusted to us. But more than this, it seemed to me that these were comforting words, applicable to the Christian going through a challenging time in their lives, Indeed, how fitting it is that this episode in Christ's life happened right before his time of trial in the desert. It came to me late yesterday that God didn't want me to preach to you the sermon that I'd been praying about last week and spent a few days preparing, but that he wanted me to share these words with you. Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Because someone here this morning would be in pain. And these words might provide them some comfort. I wish God had given the heads up earlier in the week before writing a different sermon, but hey ho. If I have heard God correctly, 
And I think I have, having heard our first reading today, and having seen the music that was prepared for today, which I hadn't uh, known in advance. Um, then I pray that whoever you are here, that these words do mean something to you, and that they speak into your pain, and that they give you comfort. And that this hastily written last minute sermon, prepared without access to study Bibles or commentaries or even the internet, is for you. And I pray that you find resolution in whatever it is that is causing you pain. And I pray that everyone else will bear with me. Or better yet, I pray that they might find something in this sermon too. Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Let me try to say something about why it seemed to me that these words of Jesus, humbly spoken to provide comfort and assurance to John the Baptist, might provide comfort to the Christian going through a trial in their life. Let it be so now, spoke to me about how often, when we're faced with a difficult situation, our instinct may be to attack it, or to force a solution, and how often that's the worst possible thing we could have done, serving only to make ourselves more anxious, and perhaps even alienating ourselves further from other people. Let it be so now, spoke to me also about another extreme response to a crisis in our lives, and that is to deny that it even exists. It seems to me that let it be so now is a moderating influence on these impulses. It is in one sense a passive or resigned response, but ultimately it is acceptance. The rest of the verse, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness, spoke to me about the challenge and the hope for the Christian. The challenge is the call to take up our cross daily. The challenge is to face our own sufferings, our own crucifixions, with the words, let it be so now. Indeed, one of the things that is going on at baptism is that we are being baptized into the death of Christ. The hope comes from the fact that at baptism, we are also being baptized into the resurrection of Christ. And as Christ went through suffering and death to life, so do we. Thus, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. The problem of evil is one of the biggest obstacles for many people to having belief in God. But simply, if God is all loving, all just, all powerful, etc., why would we allow X, Y, or Z to happen? It isn't actually a good argument, or as good an argument as you might think, from a logical point of view, but it packs a powerful emotional punch, and we're not robots, so it tends to move us. The hope of the Christian lies in the fact that God is sovereign, and that he is all-loving and all-just, meaning that while we may not be able to see a reason for our suffering or the suffering of others right now, we can have confidence that it is not for nothing. The alternative that all our pain is pointless is truly hopeless. A Christian, however, has somewhere to put their pain. Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. It is why it is so important for us to get worship right when things are going well for us, so that by the grace of God, we have a robust faith and spirituality to get us through the difficult chapters of our lives. As the psalmist puts it, blessed be the Lord my rock, 
who traded my hands for war and my fingers for battle. It's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual battle. And when we go through very tough times in our life, that's how it feels to us. There is, I think, a lesson for all of us in this verse. I hope I've been able to tease something of it out for you this morning, or to begin that process in your own minds. I think it does us good to look at whatever our own season of life is, and to accept that this is so for now. And finding ways to respond to life's present challenges in as fitting or in as Christ-like a way as we possibly can. Seeing every opportunity, including and especially our own moments of pain, as an opportunity to become more Christ-like ourselves, to grow in holiness and to love those that God has put into our lives as best as we can, taking hope in the fact that God knows us, loves us, and desires our good. Well, the first sermon that I wrote for today had a very nice neat conclusion, this one doesn't. And so I'll end it here, uh, trusting that my instincts were correct, and that at least one of you may have heard God's word today and find comfort, especially if you're in a place of pain right now. Lord God, we thank you for this time of worship this morning, and we unite our prayers with your church wherever it is gathered throughout the world, remembering especially the non-subscribing Presbyterian Church and the congregation here, our moderator Chris and our minister Simon, and all clergy, office holders, and laity. Forgive us for all the ways that we have failed to offer you right praise. Put a holy desire in the heart of all your people, that from the very depths of who we are, we may seek your courts and sing for joy to you, the living God. We thank you, Lord, that even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, Lord of hosts, our King and our God. We thank you for the great diversity of your church, that it includes all kinds of people. Forgive us for the times we have made others feel unwelcome and help us to communicate your love to all people. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, Lord, and whose hearts are the highways to Zion. Heavenly Father, we remember our Christian brothers and sisters facing terror and violent persecution all over the world. May they find joy, peace, rest, and safety in you as they endure this hardship and enable them to go from strength to strength in their journey towards you. Forgive us for our complacency, for how inattentive we often are in matters of faith, for how wasteful we are of our freedom, and for how fearful and timid we are so often when it comes to sharing our faith with others. Help us to use our time wisely and to live abundantly and to share your good news with those you put in our lives. Lord God of hosts, hear our prayer. Give ear, God of Jacob, for you are our shield. Keep us united with Christ, in whom alone is our salvation, and look on the face of your anointed. Help us to grow in our prayer lives, that we may grow in understanding of you. Teach us how to pray, and to worship you correctly.
a day in your courts, Lord, are better than a thousand elsewhere. Help us to appreciate all that you have done for us and help us to grow in our devotion to you, that we may live for you and not for ourselves, that we would truly rather be a doorkeeper in your house than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For you withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly, and blessed are those who trust in you. Help those who have no sense of purpose or direction in their lives at present, and no sense of your calling. Make clear to them the plans that you have for them, and give them a fresh appreciation of the love and care that you have for them as their Father. Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of our hearts as we pray silently. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forever. Amen. Amen.